Welcome in the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We recommend Spotify because it works on both platforms. Also, check out Dash Radio. Download the Dash Radio app. Search for the Nothing But Net channel. We're there every single day at 7 p.m. And also my new show on OnsideRadio.com at 10 a.m. every day for two hours. Covers more than just the Miami Heat. Brady Hawk has a new piece already up off tonight's game at FiveReasonSports.com. No paywall. Also want to tell you about the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, including of this episode. That's Biscayne Bay Brewing. It's one of our favorite sponsors. It's the official beer of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Also of the Miami Marlins. Biscayne Bay is owned by local guys who employ people in this community to make their beer right here in South Florida. These guys are committed to our community and supporting five reasons sports. So we can keep bringing you all the local sports content that you can handle. If you care about supporting local business and drinking amazing beer, second part's even more important. Grab their stuff. That's Marlins lager, Miami pale ale, tropical Bay IPA. Also sideline pass. If you're a football fan at all major retailers throughout South Florida, it's the beer we're drinking at five reason sports. And now Tonight's episode. One, two, three, four, five on the floor. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alex Toledo and Greg Sylvander, part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. We got the full crew tonight. We've got Alex Toledo, we got Greg Sylvander. Thanks to those guys for filling in for me yesterday, along with Royal Shepherd. Make sure you check out that episode about in-season trades. I'm sure we'll touch on that a little bit here. They talked a little bit about Kyle Lowry last night, but tonight the Miami Heat beat the New York Knicks. They sweep the home and home. They win 98-96 tonight. Um, but if you read the timeline tonight, guys, uh, this wasn't all roses. Uh, the Heat fell behind by 10 in the third quarter. They really needed an M- they needed a finals like near MVP type performance from Jimmy Butler and a good Kelly Olynyk game to survive this. So I'm I'm going to pose this question, okay? Because I don't want to be too negative tonight. And they're on a three game winning streak. Jimmy Butler seemed happy after the game. He said we're starting to figure things out. But I'll ask this question. I'll start with you, Greg. Should they need this kind of a performance from Jimmy Butler to beat the Knicks by two at home? So in a normal season, when a NBA finals returning team is coming to um, the arena and things are humming along, uh, no, they shouldn't need Jimmy Butler. But this is not one of those seasons. This is an extenuating circumstance. This was Jimmy Butler's 12th game of the year. From my perspective, he just needs to be doing what he's doing. And it's important that we see that that is still – um, capable and it's an output from Jimmy that we can expect. Uh, I think that just, you know, by virtue of the fact that he's only played 12 games, that it's important that we've seen it. Uh, he's getting to the line, which I think is indicative of him being aggressive, which is a good sign. And f- he feels good if he's getting to the line, which I think that's another part of this that's important. So unfortunately, yeah, I mean, when you look at it at face value against the Knicks, you would hope that you would have enough to do otherwise but in a season like this i don't think that you can necessarily like compare it to past runs where you look at a contending team and you say well this was one you should be able to win without jimmy 
one rebound shy of a triple double tonight. Um, ended up what, 25 or 26 missed one free throw at the end. Uh, he was the, the primary defender on RJ Barrett at the end. Barrett, uh, missed the layup. They isolated him on it. As Jimmy mentioned after the game, I uh, didn't really have Bam's help on that one. Um, but they, they did manage to finish the thing off. Um, Alex, I'll ask the same question because I got more to get to on this and I understand Greg's points on it, but I also understand why Heat fans are freaking out because every time Jimmy leaves the floor, this team looks completely incompetent. And I, I know Dragic is out. I understand that, uh, but it shouldn't look that bad. It shouldn't, to my eyes, it shouldn't look that bad. Alex, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, I pretty much agree, right? Like I think I, I see it both ways, right? And I feel like I find myself saying that a lot, but no doubt this team without Goran, uh, when Jimmy is off the floor, they're just missing something on offense, right? And I think Tyler's still getting there as an offensive player. But still, without Goron, like, this team is absolutely missing something. And it does feel like they have to rely on Jimmy a little bit too much. And especially in nights like tonight, the rare night where Duncan literally can't hit a three, which is so weird. Because I feel like he struggled before, obviously. But he I don't think he ended up hitting one tonight, did he? Uh, yeah, 0 oh. for 7. I'm looking at it right now. So, yeah, yeah no, especially, it was uh, awful. On nights like tonight... Where, where things like that happen, you absolutely need everything from Jimmy, especially, you know, that first half where Bam was really struggling. And that makes it even more, uh, I think, clear, right? I think it makes it the, the problem look even worse when Bam is struggling that much, when Duncan is struggling that much. And, like, they were both – Jimmy and Bam were both really aggressive in getting to the line in the second half. But, again, like, it felt like they needed every single bit of those, like, grinded-out type of drives to the rim to make that happen. And, and I'm with you. I want to see that – I want to – I. I want to see more of that aggression from Jimmy and Bam. Like, I wish they would do that more often. But I also feel like they still need a little bit more help. Yeah. I mean, make no mistake. Like, I started this by saying that seeing what we saw from Jimmy is important to see because it's only been 12 games. But by the same token, all of the things that have plagued Miami since the season started, we're still seeing those things occurring. So, like, make no mistake about it. They were still out-rebounded tonight. That's still an issue. Um, Second-chance points, points in the paint, these are all things that they have issues with that need to be solved. The offense having the issues that they do. So, there's still there's still a lot to be concerned about. But I just think when you start to see Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo pack the stat sheet the way that they are and get to the line and control the tempo of the game, it just leans in the direction of that they're starting to at least get organized in a way that I think will be advantageous to them moving up in the standings, even but, if it's not but, pretty. But, but it's one thing, Greg, to pack the stat sheet. And look, I'm, I'm one of the no ceiling people when it comes to BAM too. But at the end of the game, <laughs> BAM, like there's there, there was a second there where he could have gone straight up. Okay. And the play that ends up with Kelly Olenek dribbling the ball in circles in the corner. And it's just, it's that kind of situation where if you're going to err on the side of either being overly aggressive or overly passive, I'd rather he go up and get his shot blocked. Okay. than make the play where you're, you're counting on Kelly and Kelly had a good game today. Okay. No question. Okay. We got a good Kelly game. If the heat didn't get a good Kelly game today, they lose. Okay. Because you mentioned oh, yeah. Robinson, they needed somebody to become that score hero kind of did in the, in the fourth Kelly didn't do it in the second half, but he had the one three, uh, but they needed, and, and look, they didn't get a lot from none, you know, after the beginning either. So they needed the Olenek game, but so this isn't to disparage Kelly, but like at the end of the game, they were like, Jimmy was trying to make a play. I was glad he didn't shoot the jumper. Bam had the ball close enough to the basket. Go up. Right. I mean, I'm Greg, am I wrong? Like, I mean, you, you and I no. have no ceiling guys on him, but yeah, it's always better for him or Jimmy to be making a play than for somebody else to be making a play. 
there's no doubt that the opportunity is there for him to be more aggressive. And it's just, it's something that's going to come in waves. And I just think that it's uh, the fan base needs to, on some level, accept the fact that it isn't something that you just flip the switch on. We've seen him incrementally increase his field goal attempts. His uh, range has gotten better. And, you know, like I'm speaking about it in, in, a, in a measured tone when obviously you can get a little, the, you know, the, the, the timeline on Twitter, the, everyone's blood is boiling when he's not as aggressive as you would expect. But by the same, I mean, he got 16 free throw attempts. I mean, that, that's the sign of an aggressive player. No, so he true. may not. So, so I think that sometimes, um, yes, there are things we can pick at with Bam, but ultimately, I, I, I don't look at him and say like he is um, one of the reasons that they, uh, you know, struggled tonight. I mean, yeah, he had a he, he had a subpar game. Six rebounds is obviously not what you want to see there, but he carried that team along with Jimmy offensively in the second half. No, no, I, no, I get that. Um, I, I want to ask Alex uh, this and, and then we're, we're going to touch on the Duncan Robinson thing and, and some other uh, issues, but uh, in your view, Alex, how close is Jimmy to being the player he was uh, that we saw towards the end of last oh, year? I mean, it, how close is he? To I that think kind of he's shape? in that shape already. I mean, look, what, what he did in the finals was a whole different level, but I just think that's what he does. And I, I believe that's still kind of why I've had that optimistic look on the team, you know, slightly optimistic look on the team throughout this whole season is because I think Jimmy and Bam, are the, especially Jimmy, are the guys who just step it up on another level, the intensity and just kind of the focus in the playoffs. So I think like if we were in the playoffs now, I think he would do it. Like, I think he's at that level, but I mean, like, I love what Jimmy's doing. Right. I, I, I still think what we, you know, these past few games have made, had made it more clear that they need more help and Jimmy can't be the only one. And especially, you know, when Gorham's uh, not playing and he's starting to decline, but Jimmy's there now. I, st- I think like seeing this stretch of games, like it just really makes it obvious that he's still that type of guy. Let's talk about Duncan Robinson. Um, everybody has bad shooting nights. We, we got spoiled by Duncan last year because he almost never went t- two games in a row where he struggled. I mean, there was a streak where I mean, he didn't make fewer than three threes, like over a three month period. So we got spoiled by it. We got spoiled by the volume, the accuracy, but I'm going to go to you first on this, Alex, because Marco, and maybe we'll have Marco on here, Marco Romo on the pod here in the next couple of days to talk about this. But he was getting into the idea that, and he tweeted this early in the game, that teams have essentially figured Duncan out to a certain degree where they're, they're taking away uh, a lot of what he did last year. And there's just, there doesn't seem to be a counter, uh, you know, and, and in, in terms of his movement, some of the things that we thought were coming, but I, I, don't, I don't see them in the sets. But again, your, your eye is better trained than me on this. I mean, is he not getting free? Is he not getting the same kind of open looks? He's been fine as a three-point shooter. He's been above average, but he hasn't been the guy we saw last year. And if he's not, then the other deficiencies come into play and then it becomes, okay, is he worth keeping on the floor as much as they have him on the floor? So I think it's a few things with Duncan. Like I'm still of the mind that he's still an elite type of weapon. I think what they figured out is the Heat's over-reliance on Duncan. And that's something that I, I feel pretty strongly about. And again, is why I feel like they need to add another guy just to kind of not have to rely on the on his shooting so much. I love him shooting. I love him shooting, you know, as much as possible, but not on literally every possession, though. Like, and I understand, like, you running those plays, it, it makes it easier for everybody else to, uh, you know, collapse the paint or, or to find the next player. 
But looking for Duncan every single time, I think, is what's being figured out by other teams. Because Duncan, you still look at the production on the volume that he shoots at, and it's still great. Like, I think he's having a hard time getting open, for sure. Teams are still on him. And despite all of that, like, despite all the game planning, he's still one of the best shooting weapons in the league, probably top five still. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Even without uh, looking at the numbers right in front of my eyes, I think the last time I saw it, it was around 40% on eight or nine attempts a game, which is still an absolutely elite level, especially the degree of difficulty but I just feel like the over-reliance is kind of the part that I agree with right like I think they need more counters more guys collapsing to the paint I was saying on Twitter like I, I, I hate when Bam picks up the dribble when he's looking for the handoff like it just completely takes away the options I wish Bam would kind of uh, adapt that Kelly keeper move and just make it a regular part of his game where like if the handoff isn't there if they're really overplaying the three he could just start collapsing the, to the paint or you know maybe they flow into sets where you have a guard screening for Bam uh, below the arc, so you can kind of get him with a head of steam going to the rim. I think that those are kind of some counters that you could do there if teams are overplaying the handoff. But it really seems like it's kind of gotten hom homogenous, right? Their offense, I still believe that they can be a really productive offense. The Knicks are a very good defense this season. But the, the offense has definitely gotten a little bit homogenous with Duncan Robinson, I feel like. And, and to that end, and, you know, I want to get into the Rose thing in a second. But, Greg, um We've talked a lot about what Duncan's value is, and I think we're going to devote an entire episode to this. But what Alex is saying kind of points in both directions, right? Because in one sense, he's so valuable to the Heat that they're overusing him, <laughs> which, which speaks to, in, in other words, overusing sets that cater to him, okay? And so as a result of that, you could say, oh, he is worth 18-something million dollars because obviously the Heat value him that much and the gravity that he brings, and we've looked at all the numbers and, and how different they are offensively when he's on the floor. But then you could also say, you know, when he has a game like this and he's not really contributing anything else, that he's not an $18 million player. He's hardly a $10 million player. I mean, how do you view that? It's a tough call, but if I had to put myself in the shoes of the organization, I would say that they would probably lean in the direction of wanting to retain him at all costs. Uh, if history serves me correctly, that's probably their move. They take care of their guys. Duncan, uh, particularly as long as Jimmy and Bam are the core two top guys on this roster, those are your alpha scorer uh, go-to players, I think you're going to need a player like Duncan Robinson. It changes if all of a sudden you trade for, you know, a, a player that, that can duplicate some of what Duncan does and kind of opens up the offense in different ways. But I think that the premium on shooting is going to force Miami to pay him. And that's just what's going to get tricky in terms of how they can upgrade. And it's why I think this trade deadline is a lot more important than maybe we've anticipated because of just the cap ramifications, which we, uh, you know, unpacked with Royal on the last episode. All right. Well, so as we're talking about trades and then we're going to get to this West coast trip uh, after the break. As we're talking about trades, I'm watching Derrick Rose tonight, and I didn't really understand the move for the Knicks necessarily because I like quickly, and I thought they'd give him uh, more of the reins going forward. But you know, and then Elder Payton's all of a sudden playing well the past few games. So, 
But with that being said, when we watched Rose on Detroit three weeks ago, he looked to me like a guy who could help the heat. I mean, just in terms of the diversity he provides on offense, being able to settle you down. And then you see that he went for Dennis Smith jr. And what a second rounder. Was that it? Yeah, that's it. That no, you got it. I mean, so that's essentially like, um, I think in terms of Miami, that's like Kendrick Nunn and uh, a, a pick that will never be conveyed. Right. So, okay. So to both of you guys, Heat fans are looking at players like that, you know, and I, look, I don't know what Kevin Porter Jr. is going to become. He clearly needs some help before he's going to get back. And, and that, you know, that was part of the deal with the trade to Houston, but there have been some sort of some guys and Derek Rose is a former MVP. So I'm he's not a lower level player, but there's been some smaller moves made lately guys who have been available. And I think the frustration I'm, I'm seeing from heat fans and I can kind of understand it is why doesn't Pat make a smaller move that will help? I, I mean, is he just, is have any of these made sense to me? I think that they have to solve the four. And I think that the guard issue and the guard targets are overstated. Um, I think that although we saw the heat mentioned as a potential suitor for Derek Rose uh, and obviously uh, Vinny is a, is a top notch reporter. So, you know, I, I take his word for it, but by the same token, I, I just don't know that, they necessarily are looking at guards as much as people anticipate and that it's really more about getting a four. So like, I, I don't know, to me, when I'm looking at the guards, like that, that you mentioned so far, Kevin Porter jr. Needs to get his life together. Like to right, think right. about him as being a viable option is ridiculous. I will say that like Alex Len looked good the other night and he was a guy that just yeah. kind of got left off um, and wasn't picked up off waivers. And he's a player that you, you know, you think about rebounding and stuff like that. So it's almost like, I just don't understand the infatuation with the guards when they've already got so many guards on the roster. But you mentioned Alex Lynn, and he's he's basically like I'm not saying he's been in anything great in the other places he's been. I mean Toronto let him go, Phoenix let him go, but he's pretty much been Washington's like most productive big since they got him. And the Heat have so many unplayable spots right now in their roster. I think that's what's frustrating Heat fans is they're seeing guys who could help them even if it's marginal. I mean Derrick Rose would probably close games for the Heat, wouldn't he? until Goran got back maybe I mean instead of Kendrick like that's essentially what you're swapping out you're just saying like you're getting a more decorated um version with a sneaker in Derrick Rose over Kendrick Nunn I mean I don't think that there's that much difference today yeah I mean yeah I don't I think Derrick was a little better than Kendrick I don't think the gap is something that makes that that makes it worth trading for like I think I, I get your point on on just guys who could help and they should definitely you know, try to see if they could add some guys like that, just because, especially like you said, like there's just too many guys who are on the roster who we know are kind of unplayable right now. Obviously Myers is out, you know, KZ and Mo haven't looked that great. And Silva, Silva, oh, yeah. it's I coming mean, guys. I mean, be patient. UD, be but... patient. The trades are coming. And I think that they have the gr a good enough mix of expirings of, uh, options that could potentially be opted into to facilitate deals for guys that have multiple years left. If they want to scrap 2021, be patient. The deadline is not here yet. March 25th, I think. Right. Yeah. No, mm -hmm. there's time. I, there's time, but also as we're going to talk about after the break, the West coast swing can make things look a lot different, but first a word from one of our most important sponsors, safe cubbies. We'll get back to our episode here in a second. I first want to tell you about one of our most important sponsors. We've talked about them a lot, but now they've got new offerings. And as you know, COVID-19 is not gone. So you've got to make your environment, whether it's your school, you want to tell your administrator, 
whether it might be your business, maybe you are the boss, maybe you want to tell the boss, or whether it's a residence, you want to make the place safe. So you got to check out safecubbies.com. They've got custom sneeze guards and shields, and also they stock sneeze guards and shields. They do office partitions. Again, they work with restaurants, businesses, schools, and more. They do floor decals for the social distancing. They do the PPE and COVID signage. They also can put in the touch-free sanitizer stands with or without the branding, and they do branded face masks as well. And Safe Cubbies will come out and perform a safe sur- a site survey to provide a free estimate for you. And of course, they will do the installation. So reach out to them, mention five reasons. We've had many, many people who followed us. They've gone to them. They've been very, very satisfied. So check out safecubbies.com for all of your safety needs during the pandemic. All right, Ethan Skolnick back with Alex Salito and Greg Sylvander. So this brief homestand, it was literally one game, uh, is over, but the Heat didn't make the most of the previous homestand before they went up to New York. And now I'm looking at the first four games on this road trip. You've got a Utah, you've got, excuse me, a Houston, a Utah, a Clippers, and a Golden State. Um, I mean, all of those teams have a guy who could beat you basically by himself. Well, I don't know about Houston, but Wall's been pretty damn good. And obviously with Depot, Um, I mean, I'm looking at this stretch and they're going to find out a lot about themselves. Spolster's talked about getting on the road and that's better for them. And I think in some ways it is, but they could be one in three out of that. Right, Greg? I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, like we were talking pregame and um, for the seven game swing, I think like four and three would be like an amazing way to come home. Uh, Three and four uh, would also be acceptable. But especially as you start the trip, I mean, that game in Utah, that's never easy. Uh, The only thing that's good is that it's not Utah and then Denver right next to it, because that's usually how that happens. And that's never, you know, a fun trip. But uh, I will say, you know, when you look at the Clippers and Golden State and and Sacramento has been tough lately, like they've been playing teams tough, especially at home. And they've been, uh, you know, hot in their own right. And then you've got uh, the Lakers and Oklahoma City who always plays tough at home. So it's not going to be an easy trip. And it's going to be hard for us to do shows that late on West Coast time if they if they're getting drubbed night after night. So, Ethan, let's think about that before yeah, next week. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we'll pop on a stream uh, four and three. Alex, is that doable? Yeah. And frankly, I think they got to do better than that. Like, I, I obviously get why they wouldn't. But I just think this is the time where like this team has shown in the past, whether it's this season or last season that they play up to the competition, just like they playing down to the competition. And so I want to see this team really get after it during all these games, right? Maybe they don't win uh, a lot more than they lose, but I think this is the time, like you said, where they really find out a lot about themselves. Cause I still have that belief where like, okay, they're going to play up some of these better teams and they're going to look just as good, if not better. So I, I think they five and two would really make me feel a lot better about this team. Four and three would be like, okay, they're on the right direction, but uh, they need to make up a lot of ground in the standings. You got the guts. Alex got the guts. Yeah, you got the guts. Two and five and Pat's burn. Pat and Andy are burning up the phones. So I mean, what are we'll, they? The 12 we'll seed? Like, we can't – they can't be going – I mean, four and three will be fine, like I said, but they need to win some games. No, but but to, uh, just keep perspective. Even if they go four and three, that's still going to put them a game better than they are right now, and they're only two games out of a five seed. So it's like, you know, yeah, it's all relative. 
All right, we'll have, unlike what Greg is saying, we'll have pods after every game, so you're going to have to stay up. We'll do something uh, we'll, we'll do something to make sure we stay up. Plus, just skip the games. Just listen to us in the morning. That's all. We'll post it. We'll get it up in the morning. Also, the post-game streams. Uh, if you have time, after you listen to this, go over and check out on our YouTube channel. Royal Shepherd was hosting tonight. Um, he was on the pod last night. He, he seemed like he was in the mood to have some fun, so make sure you check out uh, the, the YouTube channel. Also, Biscayne Bay, Safe Cubbies, and... I want to mention this before we go prize picks use the code five F I V E my streak of bam going over for me did not work. I was choosing between bam and Jimmy tonight. I picked bam. So Jimmy had the near triple double. So that's pretty much why that happened. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.